0: What's going on everyone and welcome back to the second episode of the charting your course podcast quick note before we jump into today's episode if you haven't already listened to episode one with Dennis Yu, I would highly recommend doing so he dropped some fantastic advice so that will be super valuable for you so after you are done listening to this episode be sure to hear that one as well. But on today's episode, we have another very special guest. He's the founder and CEO of IQ Bar, a company that makes clean label brain and body protein bars that are keto, vegan, and kosher. If you'd like to check out IQ Bar and buy some bars for yourself, go to eatiqbar.com. He's also an alumnus of Deerfield, where he then went on to study government and psychology at Harvard University. In today's episode, we went over focusing on one thing at a time in life how he started IQ bar and the importance of enjoying what you're doing in life to avoid mental burnout here is my conversation with Will Nitza founder and CEO of IQ bar So as I just said in the intro, Will, you are an alumnus of Deerfield. So to kind of start things off, what were your early upbringings like and how did they lead you to attending Deerfield?
1: Sure. So my early upbringings were I was born in Baltimore, then as a very young child, moved to New Jersey and grew up, most of my childhood in in New Jersey, and had a pretty normal upbringing. I was super into sports, super into soccer in particular, and that kind of dominated my childhood. How I got to Deerfield, so my older brother went to Deerfield, so I think that was probably the single biggest determinant as to what I was thinking about seriously for high school. My mom went to St. Paul, so there was boarding school, Was there's a lineage of of boarding school in my family. And yeah, so I kind of just, I looked at a few and I liked Deerfield a lot. One of the other big reasons was I got along really well with the soccer coach there and again, at that point in my life, that was one of the things that was super important to me and my brother went there. So it was kind of an easy choice for me. So yeah, that's, that's the background there.
0: I also grew up in the DMV right now I'm in Northern Virginia. So that's funny that we grew up around the same area and then went to the same area for school. I also noticed that you were the New Jersey state chess champion as a middle schooler. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that
1: was another thing I got really into randomly that for whatever reason, my middle school had a really good chess team program. And there were some like freakishly good chess players in my middle school that I was close friends with. So they just got me into it. And then I just totally got obsessed with it and it's funny because now with like the queen's gambit on netflix everyone's talking about chess and yeah. it's just funny to see it get more mainstream because it was kind of fringe at that time
0: i haven't seen that yet but i'll get to watching that eventually so during your time at deerfield kind of moving along after you grew up in baltimore so during your time at deerfield what were you like as a student i understand that you went to harvard so you were obviously pretty smart and you know what type of extracurriculars did you participate in while you were at Deerfield?
1: That's a good question so again soccer was my primary extracurricular focus and you know for the longest time I thought I wanted to play soccer in college so a lot of my focus was how do I make that happen so that was was definitely number one I was also involved in student government I was the president of my freshman class And I did an okay job, but then I was relegated to I think like secretary or something my sophomore year. And then somehow I battled back and I became president my senior year again. I guess that would be the second biggest extracurricular thing, but really it was sports and grades were the primary thing. I wasn't trying to load up like 15 extracurriculars. My goal really was get recruited as a soccer player. Interestingly that ultimately wasn't the path I took, but that was the goal throughout
0: the first three years of high school. It's interesting how you now own a company that revolves around brain health and you are obviously big into sports. So I imagine there's some influence there because you wanted to perform well. Moving more into your entrepreneurial life, you're the CEO of a company now so most entrepreneurs had some sort of early high school like young age side hustle what was yours when you were around my age what was your first real kind of way of just making money
1: well i was always into making money and you know i had it didn't have a ton of expendable money to buy stuff i wanted to buy and so i was always yeah. trying to scheme, scheme to to make cash but honestly, that wasn't a huge part of what I was doing in in high school. I, I, I was it was always on my mind. I always wanted yeah. to do something entrepreneurial, but you kind of have like only so many units of time. and And in boarding school, it, it's so regimented. Like you wake it up is. early, you go to classes, you have a sit down meal, and then you have sports, and then you have like five hours of homework. So it's like there's really
0: yeah not, that's not a lot, a lot you
1: can do and then if you have more extracurriculars it's there's even less you can do so for better or worse you're so jam-packed that there's not a whole lot I didn't find there was a whole lot I could do and candidly I wasn't dying to start a business in high school yeah. I really just you know in that period of my life it was how do I get into the best college possible and and everything i did was geared towards getting into a good college and there i was i was sort of deferring in my mind this thought of maybe i'll do something entrepreneurial or start a business
0: yeah it's interesting the last guest i had on his name was dennis yu and he was like he was just hustling and doing everything he possibly could to make money he was going down to The local grocery stores and then buying soda from them at a discount and then selling it to his roommates and dorm mates at Choate. So it's interesting how now you guys are both successful CEOs in your own fields, but everybody has a different upbringing and entrepreneurial background and different inspirations to do different things. So moving on to more of your professional life, what gave you the inspiration to start IQ Bar and what was the founding story?
1: Yeah. So, so I I went to Harvard and I studied a bunch of things and I was not really interested in 90 plus percent of them. And, but one thing I got really, really into is the brain, psychology, neuroscience, all things brain related. And, but I, the, the issue was I couldn't really translate that into a job because I didn't want to yeah. do, I didn't want to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist or an academic or a researcher. So I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I knew what I didn't want to do after college. I didn't want to go into banking. I didn't want to go into consulting. I didn't want to, those are kind of like the marquee paths yeah. out of Harvard. And I didn't want to do those because I just knew it wouldn't make me happy. So I took a job in software. I had a software startup in Boston, and it was a weird job. It was, at the time, it made a ton of sense. It was sitting at the intersection of software as a service and the energy industry. So basically, I was selling and marketing software to oil and gas and utility companies. And I knew nothing about either any, you know software or energy going in, but after th- putting in three years there, I was a total expert in it, but I, I was not passionate about it from the get-go and that didn't change. But what I did learn is what it's like to work at a company, to have a boss, to have a boss's boss, to work long hours, to how to use Excel, how to use PowerPoint, how to make a yeah. pitch deck, how to pitch a room of potential clients, All those core skills that are necessary for work in any business, I developed over that time. And so honestly, my recommendation to anyone thinking about entrepreneurship is don't just start with entrepreneurship. Get a job, get a real job, understand what it's like to work in a company, build all your skills on someone else's dime and understand what the other side of the coin is. Because for me, that was incredibly helpful. I allowed me to, first of all, it pushed me to do something else. It gave me the skills to do something else, but also pushed yeah. me to do something else because I didn't want, I knew, experienced something and knew I didn't want it rather than not knowing what it was in the first place. So to answer your question on the founding story, I basically got really into nutrition in about 2017 and was kicking around this concept of brain food. That was the original concept. And question i kept asking myself is why doesn't that exist like why doesn't a ready to eat brain food product exist because that value proposition exists in other forms like pills and powders and drinks and mixes yeah. but why didn't it exist in food form so that was just the genesis of of it and then at nights and on weekends i would work on this concept both from a prototype standpoint and from you know, all the other standpoints you have to think about legal trademarking design website so did that for about a year and then I launched it via crowdfunding campaign uh, on Kickstarter and quit my job and that was was the start.
0: I heard that your crowdfunding campaign was super successful for IQ Bar. It's pretty interesting to read about.
1: Yeah it was I, I would that's another thing I would highly recommend is if you're creating a tangible thing or you want to create a tangible thing it's a really good route to take. It's super stressful it's not necessarily fun but if you're trying to generate sales or pre-sales and you're trying to justify valuation and raise some seed money, it's a really good option. And the alternative is try and either move slowly by creating small amounts of product and just are slowly growing or show up to investors with a deck that is just an idea.
0: When it's just an idea, it's probably investors are going to want a lot more hold in your company because there's no proven interest in the market yet. So... I think what you did was a really smart idea strategically to grow your business.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it depends on what you're doing. Like if you're a tech company, you can raise a bunch of money. If you have a good team and good business plan or whatever, you can raise a bunch of money at a good valuation with an idea. You can't do that with a tangible product. So the question is, how do you solve that chicken or egg problem? You need sales to justify high valuation, but you don't have the money to generate those sales in the first place. So crowdfunding solves that problem for you.
0: Yeah. So kind of moving on to the next topic, uh, we've talked about IQ bar. We've talked about the creation story. If there's one thing you could have done differently when you were creating this company, what would that be? When I was creating a company or when I was in high school? When you were creating this company, something that you were doing in high school that possibly could have set you up to uh, a better creation of this company. Maybe it's building a better network with people at Deerfield. Maybe it's, you know, learning more about sales or getting a job, something like that.
1: I don't know. I, I don't really I think you have to take things in. You have to sort of... There are chunks of your life and each chunk you shouldn't have too many goals. You should yeah. really, in my opinion, have goals that'll get you to the next chunk. So in, in high school, you know, if your goal is I want to go to XYZ college, well, focus on that. And if you want to all you know, but your your focus may not be that. Your focus may be I want to really build my entrepreneurial skill set or whatever. And then focus on that. That the entrepreneurship piece. I have no regrets that I didn't focus on it earlier because, you know, skills are transferable. So getting really good at one thing will help you be good at other things. And I I can't really say honestly, I would would have done a ton differently because I, I worked my ass off in high school to get good grades and that then helped me go to Harvard. And then that sort of credential then helped me in Fifteen other ways when I was starting a company. So had I focused on things differently, and you know, had a side hustle or whatever, and would that have benefited me more? I, I don't think so.
0: Maybe would have distracted I me mean, a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think people get a little overconcerned. Like you have a lot of time. You, know, you have all of high school and all of college, and I took a year off between high school and college too. And I just kind of, you know, at those phases in my life, I wasn't super gung ho about I'm going to start this company. You have to let it hit you when it hits you. And maybe that's earlier than it hit me. But I have more wishes about college than high school, honestly. I think high school, you build your fundamental skills, which are hard work, time management, organizational skills if you can get ahead and build out like basic excel, powerpoint and and you know adobe and skill sets around softwares that's a huge plus but not totally necessary build out those skills don't don't get too excited about i'm going to start this business and that business like you have infinite time to do that Build out your fundamental skills that will be the base of everything else. Like, oftentimes, I see people start businesses and they don't even, they just don't have enough skills. And so yeah. they're kind of lost or they have to hire other people to fill the gap. So it's a huge asset if you have basic skills and financial know how and all that at the outset. So don't put the cart before the horse. Build that base before you get too excited about inventing the next Facebook or whatever.
0: Yeah, and just focusing on your fundamentals and building those up because I think I have to agree with you. If you don't have those fundamentals, if you're more focused on building out a company in while you're my age than worrying about or not even worrying, just learning how to time manage, how to work hard, how to still maintain a healthy uh, diet and exercise routine and sleep schedule while still getting the things done that you need to get done. That can be really valuable for a business in the future. And that might even be more valuable, like you said, than worrying about starting that business. So yeah, that's, that's really great advice. And I just kind of touched on that actually so between all of your businesses, interviews, and you know, busy life in general, how do you manage your time so that you aren't neglecting your mental health, but you're still staying super productive?
1: I mean, this is something I could definitely be better at. I'm kind yeah, of like a
0: yeah,
1: nutcase nut with time management. And I certainly could be more organized with time management. You have like on the extreme side, people like think like Bill Gates and Elon Musk, they like yeah. regiment their days in five hour increments. Like I certainly don't do that. I think the probably on the mental health piece, the number one thing you can do is actually enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. I think when people like break down, like if you work 12 hours a day, every day, seven days a week, and you like what you're doing, you probably won't have a mental breakdown. <laughs> Yeah. If you don't like what you're doing, you almost certainly will. So, like the base level is don't do something you don't like, because any way you slice it, you're going to do a lot of it. If you don't like it, there's going to be some downstream problems for you. But if you like it, it's actually oddly sustainable. Yeah. So everyone has like there's all these like buzzwordy type things like meditate and journal and blah, blah blah. I don't do any of that. And that's all fine and well, but I would argue what's way, way, way more important is just like what you're doing. You look at like investment bankers or whatever, and some people I'm sure love that, but let's say half of the people don't. Well, those are the people who break down because they fundamentally don't feel fulfilled by it or like it or whatever. And you know, let's say I were to tell you that let's say you hate ballroom dancing, but I told you you had to ballroom dance for twelve hours a day. Well, there's going to be yeah, <laughs> something's going to break gonna like there. That. Yeah. But if let's say you love chess and you play chess twelve hours a day, well, you're probably going to do just fine. So it's sort of as simple as that uh, to me, as far as I see it. But even when you love doing something, it's not to say it's not super stressful and yeah. You know, you got to just sort of like build a thick skin and build muscle memory. And that's something I didn't realize. Like you're in like, not so much high school. Actually, high school is way more regimented and busy than college was for me. I had yeah. tons of free time in college. At boarding school, like like I said, every hour is blocked off. In college, especially you Deerfield, do, yeah, you can do whatever. I mean, like you could sleep through class if you want and no one will say anything. So I think you have to be way more disciplined starting in college, but I can't lie to you and say I was crazily disciplined. Like I goofed off for much of college, just like the next guy. Yeah. But then you, the real world hits you like a sack of bricks. Like you get your first job and it's like, it's just, a, I can't explain it. You just have to experience it. Like yeah. having a job, biting your nails, stressing out at 11 PM, making a deck for a presentation the next day that your boss told you about at at like 7 p.m. like that just that stuff doesn't exist in high school and college and it's just, it's, it's just new stresses. I can't say actually it's more stressful than like high school, but it's just new, different stresses. So you have to learn to manage that. You have to learn to, and I don't have a silver bullet for how to do that, but you know, I would say the best method I've seen is just block off times to do things. So like, block off two hours to answer emails, block off two hours to make a deck. Block, don't have 10 things to do at once and you could do any one of those 10 things. Like be very intentional about yeah. your time. And don't, the one thing I've learned is like, felt the need to answer everything immediately. And it's okay if you don't respond for a day. But again, this that's an area you never are perfect in. You're always trying to get better at. It. And when you're an entrepreneur, you ne- you're always understaffed and you're always have more things to do than you have time to do. Yeah. So I would say prioritization. Another just critical, critical thing. Things are objectively more important than other things. And you have to focus on those.
0: So would you say you live more of a life where you, you schedule things throughout your day? Or would you say you just wake up and just figure it out from there? Like, do you plan the day before, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and this tomorrow? Or do you just wake up and then, you know, you decide, okay, for the next two hours, I'm going to do this and then we'll see. What happens after that what more of a scheduler are you that first type or the second type
1: i try to work during the day and then at night roughly map out the next day just yeah roughly never totally pans out like stuff takes longer than you thought or less long than you thought but yeah gen- generally speaking i try to map out the next day the night before but stuff happens. Like you'll just get a call, and there'll be a disaster, and you have to fix it, and that takes over half your day. So you have to be nimble. You have to be able to pivot your time and effort all the time. So yeah. don't be too regimented about things. But yeah, I mean, generally have an idea what you're going to do the next day, and but be ready to do something totally different
0: if if yeah something if comes the situation up. calls for it. Yeah. So. All right, we're we're kind of approaching that thirty minute mark. Thank you uh, so much for coming onto the podcast. I think you've shared a lot of valuable insight into your life today and some advice for our high school listeners. But uh, lastly, one more question: if one of our listeners would like to, you know, reach out to you or get to know you or if they have questions for you, what would be the best way of asking you those questions?
1: Well, probably. Just send me an email. Yeah, (laughs) My email is will at eatiqbar.com and you can send me an email.
0: Definitely. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I hope this interview helped every one of you guys be able to better chart your own course in life. And I will see you guys in the next episode.